When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How is your sock drawer looking? I know when I open up mine, it is a sad scene. There's lone socks, holy socks. Well, guess what? It's spring cleaning, which means Bomba's spring collection is here, and they have new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They've got stripes and florals, all new, vintage colored rib socks. I love them. They are the best sock your feet have ever been in. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head on over to bombas.com slash bonkers and use the code bonkers for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash bonkers. Use the code bonkers at checkout. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Tony Basil, Poopin' in the Potty, and The Scream Movies, all of this and more on today's How Did This Get Made mini-episode. Hit the theme! This is the show you've been waiting for. Yes, less Jason, less June, and instead give me more. Just Paul, just Paul. Well, I want to hear your thoughts on the world and all. Just make it a short one. A mini-episode. Hello, people of Earth, and welcome to a How Did This Get Made mini-episode. I'm Tall John Shear, and this is the only mini-podcast that is going to give you the most up-to-date information about all of your How Did This Get Made needs. Today on the show, Jason and I get into a big old-fashioned quar chat, and there are still so many more things that we need to discuss, so we'll be coming back again to break into all the important news about Boba Fett and Peacemaker, because we didn't even touch on those when we recorded this. But we know that we have to, and we know one thing more than anything else. How did this get made, fans? Love hearing Jason and I talk about Star Wars. They want to hear more of it. Um, But besides Jason, we are also going to get into my favorite movie of all time, The Voyage of the Rock Aliens. You had a lot of opinions about it, and we are going to break it all down for you. Plus, I'm going to tell you what is in store next week. And first, a big thank you to Quinn for that amazing opening theme. Thank you, Quinn. Uh, Before we get started, just wanted to let you know that Jason is in the brand new Hulu series, Pam and Tommy as Tommy Lee's penis, which is taken from a passage in his book where he had to talk to his penis about falling in love. Uh, You can also check out True Story on Peacock uh, that is hosted by Ed Helms and Randall Park. Adam Pally and I uh, reenact a story, a true story, about a man who broke into the Steelers locker room after they won the Super Bowl. And uh, it's Super funny show. It's kind of like drunk history, but uh, with a different spin. But enough of my Hollywood bullshit. You have problems, and I'm here to solve them. It's now time for the Paul Helpline.
Thank you, Bionic Limbs. Great theme. Let's get into it. Andy in Austin, what do you got? Hey, Paul. This is Andy from Austin, Texas. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Just wanted to see if you could offer maybe some advice to me. Um, so I am a very bad gift giver, especially when it comes to my spouse. And every year I kind of get brash and cocky and think I thought of the perfect gift. And every year it ends up being a major disappointment. Uh, happened again this year at Christmas. But I do sort of thankfully have the opportunity to redeem myself because her birthday is in February, towards the end of February. So I can kind of figure out something, um, you know, to make up for Christmas by then. Um, but I was just wondering if you had any advice being a, you know, married man yourself with, uh, seeming pretty successful in, in the love life. If you, you know, had any tips for finding the right gift for someone, um, making sure it was something that they wanted, you know, my girlfriend really wants like useful things and lasting things. She doesn't like gimmicky things. And that's what I always end up kind of going for, unfortunately. You know, I think she'd rather get, like a uh, power tool than like a diamond ring. So she's kind of that person. But yeah, I just wanted to see if you had any advice for me. Thanks so much, Paul, and keep up all the good content. Dude, you got your answer already. Uh, You know what your problem is. You go gimmicky. You don't get her what she wants. You know what she wants. You just told me what she wants. Um, But if you need me to say it back to you, I will say this. Listen to what she says she's into and then get her that don't feel like you need to like match what society says is a good gift if she doesn't want a diamond ring you don't have to get her a diamond ring although it doesn't seem like you're getting her a diamond ring seems like you're getting what is a gimmicky gift are you getting her like like fake vomit uh anyway listen to her engage with her i think your want is there you know where you have a deficit so just it worse comes to worse in the middle of January, well, now we're at the end of January, start, you know, just having a conversation. Oh, yeah, do you want one of those? Or, how do, like, figure out a way to get her talking about the things that she wants or she's into. Mark it away and then have it for her birthday. You got it. You're there. You're you're doing great. You're doing great. You already know where the problem is, so just keep on doing what you're doing. But just, uh, but don't save it for the last minute. You got to do a little bit of that work. You got to do a little bit of that, that, that inner, you know, massaging to get out exactly what she might be wanting, but she's not advertising that she wants. Um, I do that with June. It works. It works. Just have to be active listener. Anyway, uh, next call from Danielle. Hey, Paul, this is Danielle from Denver, and I'm calling in need of your parenting tips. So my husband and I have two sons, or as June likes to say, sons, until they tell us otherwise. One is three and the other is seven weeks. So, newborn. The three-year-old recently started having a real hard time staying in his room after we put him to bed. He'll try to sneak out and head downstairs, or he'll scamper around the hallway, linger by our door, run away when we spot him, or he'll just keep himself up by playing and talking to himself in his room for way too long. We think a lot of this is a reaction to the change with the new baby brother in the house, of course, but Also, another thing is he won't poop in the potty, which, by the way, is a phrase I would never say out loud until having a toddler. Um, So he has to go before going to bed really badly because he's been holding it in. 
because he won't go on the potty, and then eventually goes in his pull-up, and it's this whole ordeal every night. So I think it's just like this anticipation of knowing that he's going to go soon, and it's keeping him up. Kind of a mixture of a few tricky things here. But anyway, would love any tips and tricks you and June may have accumulated through the years for both getting your sons to stay in their bedroom at night and not coming out until an acceptable hour in the morning. We try to keep it at like 7 a.m. is acceptable. And also for pooping on the potty. So huge fan of the show. Also a proud deep diver. And thanks so much for everything. Bye. Danielle, pooping in the potty. Uh, Look, I hear what you're saying. These are very tough things to deal with, and everyone has a different way of doing it. And uh, I don't, I don't pretend that I'm going to be able to to solve anything. Um, first of all, I'll say this: staying in the bedroom until seven a.m. God bless, God bless. That is not. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, unless your kids are real sleepers. I mean, my kids, no way. 6.30, 6.45, sure, 7, forget about it. You can get one of those clocks, you know, the clocks that have, like, don't get out of bed until it turns yellow. You can make sure that they have enough things around their bed so if they do get up, they can hang out in their bed. Uh, you can give them a fun assignment to do, you know, if they get up out of their bed, like, hey, I want you to do this in the morning before you come in. And you can set those rules. And I think that the clock with the light is a good way to kind of start setting parameters some kids take to it, some don't. I think it's a very specific thing. I've talked to parents who have reversed the lock on their doors uh, so the kids can't get out. I'm not going to advocate that. I didn't do that, but I know that that kind of works as well. Um, the truth is, you're right. Your kid is reacting to you having another kid and and wanting attention. And so I think what my big takeaway would be is find some moments. And I know it's so hard right now as a new parent to find any time for anything, but find those moments where you can genuinely connect with your older child. Give them attention, give them love, do special things, one-on-one outings, time, snuggles. I know that you are overwhelmed. I know that you are just burnt out. And the last thing you want to do after you get your youngest down is to now like spend even more time, like everything. I mean, my bedtime sometime lasts until like 930 because I'm snuggling or I'm talking and I'm there. And yes, there are a million things I want to be doing, but it's important to have that time. Uh, so you or your partner can both make that time and really try to find it. As far as potty training is concerned, I mean, like I said, these are giant things. Um, They're going to find it when they find it. They're going to get comfortable when they do. Um, I would say don't force it. Make it pleasurable. Make it fun. Make going to the bathroom an event, even if that event is just you and your partner with, or, you know, one or the other, with them, no rush, no muss, no fuss. I mean, I used to be so upset that my youngest wouldn't pee before bed. And, you know, it took us a little while to get him in that zone. Um... My oldest still won't go to the potty in a public place. Oh, actually, he will. Now he will. But there's a time when he wouldn't. You know, poop and pee is a tricky thing. Just try to make it a routine. Take the pressure off. Don't penalize. Don't make them feel bad. Just make it part of the fun. You go take a bath. You do this. You do that. It's just like we're having fun. And uh, I think that that will help. I know that they always say that these are the things that could, you know, if, if you rush them or you yell at them, could you know, create issues 
in the future. Although I don't know if that's true. Is that an old wives' tale? I'm still trying to figure out if I should put the edge of the like the last piece of the bread from the bread loaf at the end. Like, do I need to do that? Is that just does it make the bread stay fresher? I don't think so. Anyway, uh, I hope that helps, Danielle. I know it's a lot. I, like, I'm, I'm giving you three good tips, but take the pressure off. Spend more time, even though it's hard to. That attention and love, I think, will help crest a few of these things. And if they understand why and you really speak to them and try to create things that make it fun for them to stay in bed. But seven, I say, let go of that. Let go of that dream. Anyway, uh, if you want some help, uh, from somebody who knows a couple of things, but not everything. Give me a call at 619-728-5275. That's 619-728-5275. And if you want to make a theme for the show, you could do it. Just write, record it, and send it to how did this get made at earwolf.com. 30 seconds or less. That's a sweet spot. I got to tell you, any bit longer, you've overstayed your welcome. Uh, so without any further ado, I challenge you to come up with amazing songs like our good friends, Bionic Limbs, and, of course, Quinn. All right, we'll be right back right after this. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival, and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie-cutter places, and I went on Airbnb, and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. Who said the kids get to have all the breakfast fun time? Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but a tasty bowl of Cap'n Crunch is an escape from morning monotony. Enjoy the bold flavors like original Cap'n Crunch, Crunch Berries, Oops All Berries, and Peanut Butter. Plus, the crunch you love is now available in cinnamon, and it is delicious. Even in a sea of milk, the crunch of Cap'n Crunch is epic. Yes, my family is all in on the Cinnamon Captain Crunch. I didn't think you could make it better, but they did. I love my Captain Crunch, and now I love sharing it with my kids. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. Get Captain Crunch's new Cinnamon Crunch now at a retailer near you. And learn more at CaptainCrunch.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Now, while you're preparing for next week, it seems like we might have dropped the ball on some things from last week's episode. We are now turning the show over to you as you give us some corrections and omissions. Ian Paddington, please, with the theme. Thank you.
Thank you, Ian. Yes, we have culled through the dozens of voicemails and hundreds of how did this get made messages on our Discord to find the best observations, theories, fact checks, and useless research. We present them all here. Buckle up. There are some doozies. Let's go to the Discord. Rob from Long Island. Oh, I love Rob from Long Island. A great songwriter as well as a great poster. He goes, when ABCD invites Dee to his planet, she gets excited about her career. ABCD stops her and asks, wait a minute, how do you feel about me? Do you love me? Dee replies, I think so. And ABCD lets out a relieved sigh. I'm glad to hear that. And immediately tells her she needs to get an emolectomy so she can't feel love. Why does ABCD crave her love when he can't feel any for her? And why does he want to take her love from him? Look, you know, this is this is an age-old question, right? I mean, we penalize ourselves. And, and I think Ab wanted to feel like she was going with him because she wanted to, right? So I think he wanted to make sure she wasn't just going there for success. But... On the other hand, this movie makes no sense and no one really thought it through. So I feel like um, it was funny to say that she would have no emotions, but yet they would have sex. So sex is neither pleasurable for them, although they seem to say that it is. Anyway, I go back to my second point. This movie was written without much thought. Uh, But I would say this, uh, him taking away her emotions, I think, was to make her more like him, not to rid her of something like maybe in his mind emotions complicate sex relationships career and you know truthfully uh they do uh you know if we all had no emotions i think that we wouldn't feel and we wouldn't care and uh we would uh, live probably more happily uh, if not just completely dead inside and that makes this movie a whole hell of a lot darker although yet they seem passionate by music so again I go back to my point. This movie makes no sense. B-Sweets writes, Paul seemed to think that sex was plentiful, but I think the alien was saying that they never have sex, but doing it in a Catskill-style joke. Oh, okay. My wife wants to have sex almost every night. Almost on Monday. Almost on Tuesday. Almost on Wednesday. Oh. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, so... They never have sex. They just almost... So they get close to it. Is that the joke? I mean, I guess that's the joke. I, I, I'm not coming down on you, B-Sweets. I think you're trying to lay the, lay the joke down. But the way he said it, it felt like they were having sex. I do want to continue this conversation. Please, if you think that they are having sex or not having sex, let me know on the Discord because I do think they're having sex, but I also feel like this is not beyond the movie to make this kind of joke. And if that's true... Then is he like a henpecked husband or is he, again, these characters are, they contain multitudes. Honestly, they contain multitudes. I don't know how to think about them. Uh, Eros Dale writes, it should be noted that the rock aliens robot 1359 was voiced by the legendary voice actor Peter Cullen, perhaps most famous for voicing another robot. Yes, of course, it is Optimus Prime from Transformers. So uh, look at that. The let's just say that this movie is a tie in with Transformers. Michael Bay, if you make another movie, please get uh, Robot 1359 in here because I think it would be a great addition to the Transformers franchise and bring back Shia LaBeouf. Uh, let's go to the phones. Natalie from Australia, what do you got? Hey, Paul. Um, this is Natalie from Australia. Uh, thank you so much for introducing me and the whole world to Voyage of the Rock Aliens. What an amazing uh, new era of my life I've moved into. 
Um, I just actually wanted to mention something about the music. Uh, there's a song, uh, one of the many bangers in there, um, called My World Is Empty Without You. Um, and it's actually sung by uh, a really well-known Australian rock singer. And when I looked into it a little bit more as I was dancing around the room, I realised that um, the same guy, John Farnham, he also sings the theme song to Rad, as well as two or three other songs from Rad. So um, just a, a really nice little addition to the Spotify playlist, Voyage of the Rock Aliens and Rad matched together and um, felt really nice to... Uh, to be a part of it from the other side of the world. Um, thanks so much again, and thank you so much for Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Bye. That is amazing. I mean, look, Rad had some bangers too. As a matter of fact, want to hear a little taste of that Rad theme song? Let's let's do it. Yes. Oh, I love it. Got my Spotify playlist going. Uh, also, to add to what you had to say here, Natalie, uh, Tom Bongs from the Discord also said that uh, Aussies might also notice that John Farnham is in the soundtrack, and he is the patron saint of epic Aussie pub ballads. So uh, if you want to go down that route on Spotify, oh, by the way, we may not be on Spotify right now. I understand that as well. So if you want to just find that person, go find him, turn it up. Uh, because uh, this soundtrack is full of hits. Um, next up, Galen from Los Angeles. This is good. Hi, Paul. It's Galen from Los Angeles. And A, I love that you guys covered Voyage of the Rock Aliens. It is truly a gem to be treasured by all, and hopefully more will treasure it now. Also, I uh, I wanted to bring up that um, uh, the... Uh, I thought it was worth mentioning that um, since you, uh, you mentioned the pedigree of uh, the director, I also thought uh, worth mentioning that the cinematographer, Gilbert Taylor, has a, a staggering resume as well, including films like Hard Day's Night, Strange Love, and a little film called Star Wars. And I just love that he uh, redefine, helped redefine the, the sci-fi genre with Star Wars and then redefined it again with Rock Aliens. Um, thanks so much. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Yes, he did Star Wars. This is a this is a movie that had a great lineage. I don't know what exactly happened. I mean, but honestly, whatever happened was perfection. So I don't even want to think about it. Uh, but thank you for that. Uh, and finally, uh, Steve in Indiana, what do you got to say? Hey, Paul, this is Steve in Indiana. Uh, just wanted to touch base with you on the name, the ABCD name. A couple of years ago, there was a big brouhaha, I want to say in a Houston airport, because a mother had named her child ABCDE, and it was pronounced absidy, but the airline attendant had mocked this little girl's name. Uh, at any rate, the mother uh, took serious offense. But yeah, um, that name is oddly a thing. Maybe that lady was a fan of this film. I don't know. Uh, love the podcast. Appreciate you guys. Um, also, Team Fred. 
Had to throw that in. Take care. Well, Steve, you are 100% uh, right. There is a uh, Washington Post article about it from 2018. Um, the This gate agent made fun of the child. It, it is crazy to me that we live in this world where you would be making fun of a child. Uh, and, you know, look, I like the way that she pronounced uh, ABCD uh, more than the way that June pronounced it. Um, but again... I prefer my pronunciation the most, which is ABCD. Um, anyway, people are terrible. People are trash. Thank you, Steve in Indiana, for showing us just how bad uh, we can be. And look, any airline that makes you fight over a seat and thinks that that's like somehow making the experience more pleasurable, uh, what do you expect? All right, back to the Discord. Uh, Jer Hink writes, The beginning of the chorus of Real Love in Voyage of the Rock Aliens uses the exact same notes as the beginning of the chorus of Mickey by Tony Basil. I've done a mashup. Well, hey, if you've done a mashup, Jer Hank, let's play it. Oh, I love it. Another song to add to the playlist. Where can we find that? Let us know on the Discord. And uh, Catfish writes, uh, no one asked the big question, who won the Battle of the Bands? Uh, Team the Pack or Team the Rock Aliens? Um, Look, here's what I'm going to say. There's no winning in art. They both brought a very interesting point of view. But I have to feel like uh, the Rock Aliens lost because if they won, they would have probably stayed on the planet, right? That's that's my gut. Um, The Pack, I feel like they had the local vote. You know, rock aliens are, they're just kind of, look, as much as we thought they were interesting and cool, they were not going to get the fan vote. And that's so important. It's, it's, a, it's when you enter a battle of bands, you need to stack the crowd. Um, but according to the Discord, the rock aliens won the battle of bands. Uh, so, I, you know, all I'm going to say to everybody there on the Discord is you're wrong. Um, all right. So, so many great corrections and omissions this week, but there can only be one winner, one person who stood above the rest to create something that truly blew my mind. And I think I'm going to have to give that to Jer Hink, who mashed up Real Love and Mickey. I mean, come on. It was so, so good. And you know what? Even though you're not going to win a damn thing, we're going to give you a special song just for you, created by Francis Day. Francis, take it away. That's right. That is a winner theme. That's what you get to leave with. I always say you get nothing, but you got that, and you own that for one week. Enjoy it. All right, we'll be right back after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my verse. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hey everybody, uh, if you're in Los Angeles and you want to come out and see me and Rob Riggle and Rob Hubel perform improv with our group Dinosaur, we are live at Largo on February 6th at 8.30. It's Monday night. Uh, we are there. Everyone in the audience has to be vaxxed and they wear their masks and we do our testing before. So we make sure it's a safe environment. Largo is a safe place to see comedy in Los Angeles. So come out and see Dinosaur. It is a lot of fun. And now it's time for me to sit down with my good friend, Jason Manzoukas, as we do a little bit of core chat. Hit the theme. Welcome, Jason. That was Honest Jams. How are you, buddy? You know, Paul, I'm doing all right. We're uh, we're here. We are. Um, we're still in Omicron still surge. In it. I'm back in the house for the most part. So, you know, watching a lot of stuff. I'm excited to talk about stuff. I'm reading stuff. I'm like uh, my list again, like the ebb and flow of the pandemic causes my list of things that I'm consuming to ebb and flow. So I'm excited to chat. No, absolutely. I feel like I really made a concerted effort to watch and enjoy stuff for pleasure, which is something I don't often get a chance to do because like, oh, I, I feel like, oh, I have to see this because of X or oh, I'm doing this for this. Uh, so out of obligation. I, like, yes. like I like I rewatched all of the Matrix movies just to... I did too. Just to watch the new one. And I'll be honest, two and three were not that fun to rewatch. I enjoyed Some fun two. Stuff, but I not... enjoyed two a lot more than I remembered liking two. I know it has some weak stuff, but I was like, "Oh, this is underrated. Like, this is better than." It's better than three for sure. Three is awful. You know what like, I very much enjoyed though what? was the Animatrix. Oh well, that was that which, was which I thought was a lot of which I thought was great. Well, I think you see the similarities in Animatrix to uh, what Star Wars did. Yeah, Those, visions. You know, yeah, the visions. It was such a great way to kind of expand the universe. And in a way, I feel like I got, when I originally got so into the Animatrix that I I think that made my disappointment of Matrix 2 even larger because oh. I connected so much to what I this saw there. This was my had, first time. This oh, was the first time I'd wow. seen the Animatrix. So I had had, for I had me, that I DVD. was like, oh, this is great. I'm enjoying oh, this. Oh, yeah. It's really, now what did you think? And I know we don't have to make this a whole conversation, but just your gut check on Matrix, the new one. You know, I enjoyed it. It was fine. It wasn't exactly what I wanted. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, but it doesn't matter what I want. Like, I'm glad mm -hmm. that, uh, I'm, I'm glad it was made. And I thought there was a lot of like really interesting stuff inside of it. I loved getting to revisit this world and I liked the take on it. I liked the, I liked, I, uh, people were complaining about all the meta stuff, but I actually really enjoyed all of the yeah. meta stuff, you know? Um, and I didn't miss the... Kind of, I I feel like if it had been a retread and just as much guns and crazy chaos, blah blah blah, I would have felt like, oh, this is just like trying to do the same thing. I liked that they were trying to do something new and interesting inside of that world. Um, I didn't yes. always think it worked, but I still I enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's how I felt. I really, like, I really was open to it. Like yeah. I, I. I like what they did, and I feel like we hear all these complaints about, well, why did they just retread this, or they're just doing a remake of this, or the, and this movie really cemented itself as like a meta commentary 
about these reboots and unnecessary remakes, but it also continued the story in a way that I thought was really interesting. I I love Carrie Ann Moss and uh, Keanu together and seeing them together. They were great. There was just a lot of really cool details. The only thing that I thought was a misstep, but apparently not a misstep, but I think it would have made the movie better, was they couldn't get Agent Smith. He was doing a play. And that to me feels like, oh, it and I thought would have just had one extra yes. layer if it was him because it was because you already were dealing with the Morpheus, which makes sense. And that was the story they the, were telling. It yes. wasn't like they couldn't get him. No, no. So I agree. And I, I didn't mind at all the um, the change in the actor playing Morpheus. But I agree. Like the if you could have had the triangle of Trinity, yes. Neo and Agent Smith, that would have been I, I agree. That would have been a stronger play. And I my my understanding is. He would. He was meant to do it. Yes. Uh, Hugo Weaving, but um, but then couldn't because of a conflict. And I thought Jonathan Groff did a great job, um, yeah. embodying that kind of Agent Smith character. Did a great job. It just would have but visually would been have a little been bit more that, interesting. Yes. It would have because, been more satisfying. You know. And I think you would have had. It would have been also more interesting as an audience to see Agent Smith as his therapist or yes. not his therapist or like as, no, his, as his, you know, boss um, his boss, yeah. you yeah. know, and it would have been like, Oh, like all of it would have just, it just would have symmetrically kind of fit together yes. nicely. Like, uh, I, but I, yeah, I enjoyed a lot of that. And I enjoyed a lot of what they were doing with, cause the, it's really, it's so hard. It's really, when you think about it, the matrix was a Titanic movie oh, for yeah. that generation of people. For It was such a big movie. So to even try and do this, it, to me, is like an incredible achievement to try and do at this point a fourth installment uh, of this story and still do stuff that feels very much like not just looking back and and being like a, an homage to the past, but really making it very present tense and very like yeah. a commentary on. Re- exactly what you just said, reboot culture, legacy reboots, all this kind of bullshit, even poking fun at, listen, if Warner Brothers is going to do it, whether we're on board or not, you know, like they're talking about the movie inside of the movie, you which know, was, I which was I thought so was great. And people were so angry about that. But I do think in rewatching all three Matrixes before that, I think I've gotten smarter and I think I've gotten to be a better movie watcher, you know, in a way too. And I'm like, oh, these movies had so much in them. But I think what people remember is the the memification of it. Like yes. just the the floating as the, the bullets bullet are going, time, bullet time. The, and- yes. People remember the kind of people don't people I feel like what people forget is the philosophy of it. And yes. not, not only do they forget it, they dismiss it as the worst part of the movies. Yes. But that's really what those movies were about. You know, I, was, was, yeah, no, was it, all of that philosophical quandary that people were like, no, no, no. I just want jumping, flying guns and bullet time. You right. Know? And and I think and that's I mean, look, there are issues with the third one. But I will say like the one thing that I thought was kind of the most like poignant moment in a way was at one point, uh, you know, I think there's well, no, there's not even an argument to be made. Uh, the Wachowskis have said that this was a metaphor for being trans, right? The original sure. Matrix is like yes. understanding that, coming to this realization. And when you watch the movie like that, the first movie like that, even with that in your head, it opens itself up, I thought. Oh, I was yeah. watching it like, and it was like, oh, wow, it's amazing. And then in the in the, the latest movie, there's like a line in there. It's like, well, you took my personal story and you've just made it about 
like guns and bullets. You've made them yes. into posters oh, on no, a wall. I like, thought I was so glad, and and I was so glad too that um, Lana Wachowski was able to make this movie and be mm. in control of it and not have there just be some new matrix that they are putting out into the world that Warner Brothers is just which farming out just to people. Which would have just been bullet time. Which would exactly. Which would have just. Which wouldn't have had the kind of elemental story points that I think are baked into the Matrix trilogy that are continued inside of and kind of really, like you said, put into the foreground of the fourth movie. Anyway, I enjoyed it. And, you know, you and I have talked about this, and I think we should do it at one point, but... In also watching the Matrix, I also watched all the Scream films, and I watched all the new Spider-Man films. I've gone. I was kind of lining yes. up everything. You I know, did all Jason, the Bond films. I did the Spider-Man's. Wow, yep. all the Bonds. I, all, you know, no, 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 no. Sorry, oh. only the Daniel Craig. Okay, got it. Sorry, I was sorry. gonna say. Yeah. You know, Jason, it's pretty cheap for us to rent a theater to watch. You could watch uh, Scream Five or Spider-Man for one hundred ninety-nine dollars if you go in a midday I would do that. movie. Yeah. Just you know, we could sit that. on opposite sides, whatever you're comfortable. I'll oh wear my a mask. god, that would be uh, a bl- like just like at opposite ends of the theater. For two hundred bucks, um, I was like, I would absolutely. do that. Uh, that's a you know, well, what bucks I, I mean, like that's I would do that too to watch like Dune because like yeah. as much as I w- I enjoy Dune, like I want to see Dune on a big screen. Like absolutely. I'm mad that I didn't, you know, or some of these other movies that are true spectacle, you know, that are predicated. I on did, I did uh, break it. The the I saw Spider Man that way in the theater oh, on an afternoon great. film, and that was really fun. And uh, and also like a little bit nerve wracking because I bought my tickets before Omicron really hit L.A. Yeah. And I went right when it was like, hey, hmm, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I really fought through it. Uh, I, I, you know, I was I was a, a, a comedy version of myself. I like I put up my hoodie as if that was uh, going to protect me. That was going to uh, keep out the the particles and droplets. I did. Uh, I did double masks. I was like, and then and then I just was able to just sit back and, and enjoy Ooh, that's it. But, fun. That's great. But uh, but yeah, it was a quite a fun time. And I would recommend uh, the screen movies were an interesting oh, trip see, too, although I'm I very excited think, to see it. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw any screen movies beyond Scream one. I don't think I ever saw any of the other ones. I would be very curious to see what you think because it's um and I barely remember one if I'm being honest. It made they, it did not make a dent in my wow, kind okay. of consciousness. It's funny we uh mostly I was I about think this. because I'm not a horror person. I'm not a horror you know? person either. That movie got me into horror because that movie came out at a time when I like I was at the right age group to be like, oh, I like this. I like Robert Rodriguez doing disturbing behavior. I like all like the fat, you know, it was like it was. Um, yeah. Was that dis- disturbing behavior? What uh, faculty? Another yeah. Robert Rodriguez. Like there's a lot of these like softer horror films. Like I for whatever reason, I didn't grow up with that Freddie Jason shit. So, yes, like this was like, oh, this is like it's like X-Files esque instead of. Like I see what you mean. Uh, yeah, slasher, yeah, yeah. It's not just like know. a gory slasher kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, no, got I remember into that, that about Scream is that uh, that it was like a you know a send up of or not a send up but like a like an examination of the beats of a horror movie, right? Yeah, That's and like then the whole and thing. then it and then West it really Creek, like right? yes, and then it kind of all and and uh, written by Kelvin Williamson. That's who right. kind of yes, like yes, yes. That's is, what launched yeah. him, right? Right, and then the sequel was also written by him. I think the sequels relatively weaker than I remembered it. Uh, but then then the movies just take a very bizarre turn. Like, huh. three is just, like, they lose all the meta, oh, okay. but they kind of, like, have elements. It's weird. Like, the movies are never quite... 
the same. They never quite find yeah. that balance again. And it's like, oh, a little bit too much of this, a little bit too much of that, or not enough of that. But, you know, it's like, and uh, I will say the experience of watching all four back to back was just fun because they're just like, oh, there. it's also yeah. like, like three, Jason. I really almost want you to watch three because three oh, has one of the best. Well, well, I mean, by the way, funny. you probably could actually do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, has like one of the best 90, 90s casts of all time. Oh, it is. Funny. I, I like it's Parker yeah, Posey is in it. Uh, you Great. have like I'll, I'll give you a couple of people that are. It, it's a uh, Parker Posey, Patrick Dempsey. Um, hold on, I'm trying to think. Oh, let me. Uh, I'm going to pull up the thing here. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. So it's uh Okay, hold on. It's a how funny, yeah. and I'm assuming oh, yeah. like David Arquette and oh, so yeah. forth David are still Arquette, in. Yeah. Still, are yes. they in all of them? Right? Yes. I yeah. mean, uh, Parker Posey, uh, Patrick Dempsey, Lance Henriksen. Oh yeah, uh, which is great. Carrie Fisher, uh-huh. Heather uh, Matarazzo, oh, wow. Kevin Smith, uh, Patrick funny. Warburton, uh, John, uh, <laughs> Josh Payas, who I think if you saw his face, you oh, know, I know who, who he, I know yes. who he is. Character yeah. actor Josh Payas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And just a great like. You watch everybody that pops up. You're like, oh, oh, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. fun, fun, fun. It's a good. It's a. Oh, that's yeah, great. All that right. I think I, I think I may have enjoyed it more for just like all these people popping in and out. Um, um what else? I'm trying to think. Oh, the, uh, I yeah. mentioned the other uh, in our at the end of our last episode. I don't know if it made it in the movie, The Rescue, the documentary, mm-hmm. The Rescue, uh, which is on Disney, uh, and it is the story of you might remember it. Do you remember the story of the Thai boys soccer team that were trapped in a flooded cave? Yes. And and the rescue efforts to try and get them out. It is a documentary about that. And it is unbelievable. It's incredible. Um, and it's it's just everybody should watch it. It's amazing. And if you liked Free Solo, there's a great uh uh, documentary called The Alpinist. Alpinist um, is fantastic. That I also thought was fantastic. And then just for laughs, uh, the Super Dave Osborne documentary, um, um, the Super Bob Einstein movie is what it's called, but it's the documentary about Super Dave. Um, and it's fucking hilarious. And it's basically like everybody in comedy talking about how influential Bob Einstein was, you know, um, and how how crazy and funny. Because I'm sure you remember when Super Dave yeah, would appear Super on Dave David Letterman or whatever. And he had these specials on HBO that I looked forward uh, sh- yeah. to. It was so, you know, it was back in the time when you couldn't really Google anything. Like, you know, it wasn't like, so you were, you like, oh, wow, the Super Dave special. It was, yeah. you know, you heard about it or you taped it. It was, yeah, it was really, really great. I, uh, I, am, a, I am a fan of him. And uh, oh, yeah. And so, even yeah. more so when you watch it, you you're like, wow, what a what if what a great guy, what a fascinating comedy mind. Like so interesting also like the, their family history. He's Albert Brooks's brother. Their father was a an incredibly successful comedian in his own right, like and all the kind of tension inside the family. Like really beautiful, really good documentary. I really I, I enjoyed it. I still want to uh I still want to give a shout out to two shows that we may have talked about before, but I'll just mention them again because yeah. I really been enjoying them. Uh our friend, the guy we perform improv with, uh Phil oh. Augusta Jackson. Oh, he's yeah. got a great it's on show my list. Uh, called Grand Crew that yeah. is so funny. Nicole Byer, Nicole uh, you know, Byer, you, Carl you Tart, Carl Tart, Echo Keller, great cast. Great cast. And there's some people on that show that I've never seen before who are just 
killing yep. it. Uh, yep. I will also shout out our other friend uh, who I, I'm a big fan of uh, this show called Abbott Elementary, uh, oh, which yeah. is uh, another new show. Yes. Quinta show. Quinta Brunson. Super funny. She wrote a book called like She Memes Well. And yep. she this show is just another like another. I feel like. There are so few like good traditional sitcoms. Like I think Brooklyn Nine Nine was one of those shows. Absolutely, um, and it's like it makes you realize it's not that the art form is dead. It's just people aren't doing it very well. And then when you see them, it's like, oh yeah, like Grand Crew is. It's funny. It's got heart. It feels relevant. These people feel real. Abbott Elementary has like the similar thing. It's like, oh, I just I it. You can do these shows. Well, They're just rare. Thing, yes. It's that thing when you watch, well, like, n- network sitcoms that are well done. Like, in the past, I feel like ones that people singled out were, like, Community or yes. Happy Endings. But Community, or, I would even say, is, like, even more met. Like, I almost feel like that is. That's true. Community is even more out there. But, like, these yes, are. and great. The, but like, yeah. like, like, these are shows, Grand Crew and Abbott Elementary are shows, like, in the mold of, you know, like, what we're talking about, like, Happy Endings or Parks and Rec, or they are just Just a traditionally great, good like yeah, yeah down really the middle funny, sitcom yeah great writing great performances really funny network sitcoms really i'm like i'm enjoying both absolutely yeah they're really really fun and um, i'll also shout out um southside um uh on hbo which oh, is yeah. a fantastic sh- uh, sitcom and season 10 of letter kenny has come out on hulu and it's Ooh, hilarious. i have not catch i i have not yeah. gotten up on that there's yet, only that, six episodes so it's really easy to catch i up mean i it. love letter kenny that oh we, my god uh, it's fucking nuts oh you know what i was going to mention just because like I, I wanted to mention a couple of things that were like because you were talking about like when you get thing when you get to do things without the kids but i was gonna yeah. i have a couple of things that i'm like oh that would be maybe good with the kids like all Ooh, ages okay. kind of things yeah yeah uh one of them is aquaman king of atlantis you yes okay yeah. so funny and so it's like oh, really? a- animated aquaman stories there's only three of them but they're like 45 minutes each they're like little mini movies they're a blast is that on um, hbo max it is yes. on hbo max yes all right um, i can't wait the show, the Netflix animated show Hilda that I'm obsessed with, uh, just put out a movie uh, called Hilda and the Mountain King, which is so beautiful and so great. And that is, of course, also worth watching. Um, the And, you know, like I'm still going to shout out Infinity Train to people because it's so good, even though it's been canceled. It's great, but it's great. Um, and then um, I'll go into comics. And um, Chris Somney yeah. and Laura Somney, uh, his wife, are doing a wonderful book, an all-ages book called Jana and the Unpossible Monsters mm. that is both a great, like, fantasy uh, story and also beautifully drawn by Chris Somney. All right. Well, I'm going to recommend two things that I saw from the family side. Uh, one is just simple, but I got to say, like, uh, Sing 2, big hit oh, yeah? in this household. Good? Super fun. I mean, it's they kind of figured out something in that world where it's like the the songs are pretty much these like great like they're just great songs produced in a really fun Wait, way. I will they're, say they're like known songs, right? They're yes, not like it's they're not originals, like, right? It's like it's Rock like of Ages in a way. It's like, of, yeah, no, yes. okay, got it. Yeah. So, but but like Taron Egerton is singing his song. Like it's like yeah, it yeah, is no, it's not karaoke. I I mean like yes, uh, no, no, yeah. yeah. It covers, yeah. Uh, Except for, oddly, at the end of Sing 2, they do a lot of original ones, which I did. That would probably be my biggest note, is that they build up to a very big show, and you're like... Oh, these are all originals. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm rocking out to Prince. I'm doing, but as a parent, also like you're always looking for things that you can watch with your kids that are like, of course, uh, fun and of course, Nicole is uh, steals a show in that. But I'll also bring up this. Um, I loved 
Ghost Story. I thought Ghost Story was a beautiful, beautiful movie, uh, and I loved uh, the the Green Knight with yeah. both David, David Lowry's movie. Yeah, great, great films. What I didn't realize uh, was it, when I saw Ghost Story. Uh, that he did this movie, uh, or he did a movie called Pete's Dragon, a, re- yep. a live-action remake of the classic Pete's Dragon. And I just recently sh- re-showed that to, or I recently re-watched that, but I brought my kids with me to watch it. And it is, it is beautiful. Like, it is beautiful and it has I've very much... I've never watched it, actually. Oh, it is. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like... I don't want to blow too much smoke at it because I want you to go in and enjoy it, but I would yeah, say yeah, like, yeah. there's something very similar to E.T., and that oh, cool. film, yeah, 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 it's just like beautiful, smart, be- like um, great film. I, I really got excited about. Like, it's fun because I think what really moved me about it was I saw my seven-year-old just ball, and like oh, he has wow. like, and you know, and it's like it's so rare. Like we watch all this fluff and bullshit, and it's like you know, and it's like funny or weird or whatever it is. And to see him get so emotionally sure. invested in this story, the only. Really, the only two times I've seen him do that, uh, well, Toy Story, and then uh, um, sure, uh, you know, which is great, and then uh, and then E. T. and this, like, yeah. just really Move. connecting, and it's yeah. and, and it's and it's like uh, it's just a beautiful uh, movie. So that's so like let's a good. Go. Maybe I'll watch. Oh, that's a good idea. I watched um, Ron's Gone Wrong. Oh, we watched which, that too. I was going to say was that really fun, really fun. Yeah. And I feel like I don't know why this movie did not get more attention. I don't, and it, I don't either. Um, I was surprised. And by the um, way, if you, I know we've talked about it before, but if you are again looking for something for the whole family, Mitchell versus the Machines is just also, one of the best yeah. movies. Uh, one of the best, best animated one films. of the best yeah. movies of the year. Yeah, uh, I, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I've, I watched it a, a bunch of times this yeah, year. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, it's really great. Um, well, I feel like I, I feel like we always have to end on you giving some rapid fire music recs because you are always. Ooh. Bringing in the heat. What do I got? If you have, if you don't have anything, I will. I There's will recommend. There's a new my, one of my yeah. fa- one of my favorite artists, uh, uh, Dan Behar, who is the band Destroyer, um, has a new song out. He has a new record coming out. I've only heard this song that they that he put out that is amazing. Um, that is uh, called uh, Tintaro. It's for you. Or mm. Tinter, Tintoretto, it's for you. Sorry. Okay. Um, beautiful song, and I'm like just like salivating uh, until this record comes out because he's like, I think that's the last concert I saw before the pandemic oh, wow. as well. Uh, was was his show. Um, there's been a bunch of good stuff that I'm liking. Riley Walker, who's a, uh, a musician I like, put out new stuff. Cat Power put out a new record of covers that is fantastic. Ooh, I didn't know about that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she's been releasing them over the course of the last few months and then um, just put out the whole record, and it's it's great. Uh, well, I think we can't get better than that. Jason, we'll be back for another Quart Chat soon. Can't um, wait. And, uh, yeah, Stay I can't safe, wait. Stay safe, everybody. Stay safe. We'll see you soon. Oh, so good to chat with Jason. We'll be back in the next mini episode to talk more about all the things that we like, and we hope that you like them too. But specifically, we're going to get into Boba Fett. Jason and I, big, big fans. I love The Peacemaker right now on HBO Max. We're going to talk about that as well. So catch up so you can listen to us geek out about that. But now that we've got Voyage of the Rock Aliens out of the way, let's talk about next week's movie. We are going from the mean streets of Spielberg to getting romantic in the 1876 type of way. That's right. Next week, we are watching Kate 
and Leopold. Here's a short breakdown. Uh, Kate McKay is a modern day executive in a 21st century world. Leopold is the third Duke of Albany. He's a charming gent and the bachelor of the 1800s. With a career and social expectations looming, each has grown cynical about the very notion of falling in love. But when... A rip in the fabric of time thrusts Leopold into present-day New York. Well, well, well. The potential for a good old-fashioned modern romance ignites. That's right. Meg Ryan is in this great movie that I remember them shooting on the block that I lived in in New York, and I was very excited about it. The film rates as a 51% on the tomato meter with a 62% audience score. Uh, Laura Bushell from the BBC.com says, This movie is hilarious at times, unbearably soppy at others. Kate Leopold is comfortable viewing for old romantics. Let's take a listen to the trailer. In 1876, Leopold, Duke of Albany, was a bachelor. Take a wife. With few prospects. In 2001. We still don't have the data. I can't do analysis unless you give me numbers. Kate McKay has a successful career. You're a rarity among women, Kate. And no life. But now, it's time for a change. I found it. A portal into 1876. I followed the Duke of Albany around old New York. The Duke. Yes. Here's the kicker. He followed me home. Kate and Leopold is available to buy or rent on Vudu or Amazon Prime. It's also available on HBO Max with a subscription. Or please check your local public libraries and tell them how this get made sent you. That's right. You can find all these movies for free on the app in your local public library that allows you to stream movies. Yeah, they got an app. Figure it out. You'll do it. I trust you. And people... That's it. That's the show. Uh, thank you for listening. And remember to rate and review. It helps. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure you tune in for Matinee Mondays where we re-release an old episode of the show every Monday. And you can follow us on all the social medias. Uh, and if you want to listen to this show commercial-free, you can do that by signing up for Stitcher Premium. You can get a one-month free trial using the code BONKERS. as B-O-N-K-E-R-S. Thank you to our super producer, Cody, Molly, our sound engineer, Devin, the amazing Avril Halley, our movie picker, our staff at Earwolf, especially July Diaz, and we'll see you next week for a brand new episode of How Did This Get Made? Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I love Squarespace. I've built all my websites on Squarespace because it is the all-in-one platform that helps me build my brand for my podcast. It helps grow the brand. And what's so great about it is you don't have to be a designer. No, 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 no. You can get a beautiful website. You can engage with your audience and you can sell anything, your products, your content, and even your time. You have member areas where you can basically have like a gated community. You can let people in. You can have videos behind there. This whole summer, you can maybe decide to share a newsletter with your followers. And guess what? Squarespace makes it easy for you to do. I mean, I would like to maybe have a a tour update. Maybe I would just send out an email like, hey, this is what happened last night. Here's some photos. That would actually be a great idea. Maybe we should do that through Squarespace. Anyway, you can also now create pro-level videos because Squarespace has a video studio app. Yeah, they are stepping up their game and they already were great. Go to squarespace.com slash bonkers for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code bonkers, that's B-O-N-K-E-R-S, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.